understand, but I know a lot of people can get up and anxious about that and nervous and just stressed about all of the all of the party aspects of Easter. So I think it's going to be really nice to just um, go back to the basics, spending time with the family that you live with, um, calling your other family that you don't live with, and just being able to spend this day with your family and Christ as well. Welcome to the University Catholic. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Nacho. I'm Thomas. I'm Kylie. And I'm Monse. Why is there always a delay between me and Kylie? <laughs> it's all right. I don't mean to. I don't know. But it's happened every no, week, and it's funny. For me, it's, for me, there's a delay between me and Monse, so it must be the way we're hearing each other. Oh, okay. Well, maybe it lines up with the recording. <laughs> Or maybe it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Regardless, we're all here. <laughs> yes. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. And we hope Holy Week has been filled with prayer and fasting as we prepare for the crucifixion and resurrection of our Lord through East, through the Easter Triduum. Speaking more on the Triduum, um, this is why this episode is coming out today, which is Thursday. But if you're listening to another day, hey, you're just listening to an episode about the Triduum. This was intended to be listened to for Holy Thursday as college students prepare to enter into the Triduum in a pious and self-reflecting way. But, um, you know, we're here to talk about that. That's our topic for the week. But before we go into that, I believe you have a joke for us, Kylie? I do. It's, I think it's a pretty good one. Um, I'm not going to lie, though. I'm pretty sure y'all are going to guess it, but it made me smile so much. Um, so... What do you call an angel that seats you at a restaurant? That seats you at a restaurant? Yes, like a ho- oh. A host. <laughs> a host. <laughs> what, what kind of host? Uh, a ho- holy host. Host of heaven. Host. Hosty host. I don't know. They're all but, good answers. Um, but the best and only correct answer is a heavenly host. Heavenly host. Ah, yes. because angels, host. heaven. Come on, Thomas, you're better. At <laughs> I got it. <gasps> I mean, you said the word host. That's like the main part of the joke. So really, you can I just your own joke. explain my? <laughs> you foiled your own joke. I don't know if you heard, but I just. <laughs> okay, my I'm goodness. Sorry. Um, thank you so much for the joke, Kylie. We enjoyed it. It also <laughs> did make me smile. Um. <laughs> Now, going forth, we're going to talk about our weeks and how we've started off Holy Week and also maybe going into Holy Week, how we've been approaching it. So with that being said, Monsa, you want to start us off? Yeah. So my Holy Week has consisted of morning prayer so far and then studying and then break and more prayer and then studying. Um, And honestly, I feel like this year has probably like hit me the hardest during holy week just with everything going on and just recognizing the true like meaning of everything um but yeah that's how my holy week has been so far i would say it's been very nice very peaceful um and to have like fruitful conversations with my family too about holy week and how theirs is going um and so yeah what about you Kylie. Me. So my week has been good. 
I'm so sorry. I'm having technical difficulties and I'm freaking out, but I believe we're okay. Praise God, right? Um, right now during Holy Week, I've been um, really trying to focus on the Holy Rosary. I've been trying to dive deeper into that and really spend more time in prayer and meditate on the mysteries that were given to us and that we can uh, look upon. I've also been um, trying to be a really diligent this week in work, um, which isn't necessarily um, a form of like quiet prayer, but to me it's it's kind of showing, you know, how God persevered through all these hard times, how Jesus um, went on his way to the cross and kind of taking up our cross and doing our, our job as students right now. Um, and I've been really enjoying some um, family time. We've been uh, really thankful to be together this time. So I'm really just finding um, peace and uh, joy in this kind of unsure hard time. But um, what about you, Thomas? I have not been <laughs> very focused this week. Um, I feel bad that I haven't been good at being, you know, I'm like, I haven't been very diligent in work. Uh, I haven't been very diligent in prayer. I had been doing like the liturgy of the hours in the past and I just haven't prayed morning or evening prayer for a while. And by for a while, I mean at least the past two days. So the entirety of Holy Week so far. Um, so that's uh, a struggle. My holy hours consist a lot of focusing on the passion um, and meditating on that, especially meditating on uh, Judas and Jesus's view of Judas and why it sucks to be Judas and why how, how you can learn from that, I guess. So that's been some heavy, heavy meditations right there. Uh, but hopefully I will continue to push through the lack of motivation to do things and I'll do things um, otherwise it was my birthday on Palm Sunday and that's really exciting um, I turned 21 woohoo yeah um, so I turned 21 so my my dad and mom kind of pulled out all the stops with um, like whatever drinks we had in the house since we couldn't go out um, which was fine. Like I didn't, I wasn't like, oh man, can't wait to go out to a bar. I was probably just going to have, I was probably just going to have like a drink at a restaurant with my parents anyways. So, um, but that was really cool. They like organized a video chat thing, um, with a lot of my family and my friends. Um, and then, uh, one of my friends put together a video of a lot of my friends and compiled it. And it was a bunch of my friends telling me how great I was. And that was nice. Um, including, you know, my fellow podcasters. So thanks, guys. Um, but otherwise, yeah, so like, I don't know. It wasn't a big celebration because we're in quarantine. But it was a lot of nice, simple stuff. And I enjoyed it a lot. So, you know, my birthday was great. Now I got to actually get back to doing work and praying well. So hopefully I will. Um, but you know, if, if I, if I lean on God at all, then I will, but that's, that's the whole thing about free will. Anyways, let's move on to Nacho. 
<laughs> um, yeah, basically, uh, Holy Week for me, I've been trying to really, really um, just dial down and be like extremely intentional with my prayer time. Like when I pray in the morning and in the evening, um, just to really dial in and kind of see what Christ is trying to offer up to me in that moment instead of what I'm trying to offer up to Christ. Since, you know, like um, his struggle during the Holy Week was more immense than probably I will ever feel in my life. So I was really trying to dive deeper into that and see exactly what he was trying to tell me through scripture um, and through just um, contemplative prayer. Um, I can't say I've been amazing at it just because um, I'm human and, you know, I just... I haven't been as good about like attaining my goals. So like, instead of, I was like, oh, you know what? This Holy Week, every time I pray, I'm gonna kneel. Um, I've sat every single time since because I just don't want to kneel, which is a, a not a bad thing, but um, I guess my thing is I'm just really trying to dive deeper into the scripture. Um, and if that's sitting, you know, that's so be it. But I've just found a lot of peace so far. Um, and I'm trying to understand exactly, as Thomas said, you know, the feeling of being Judas and what it felt like during that time um, through all these presumptions and just like everything that the Lord is placing forward um, of Judas's plan. So that has been just really uh, nice to reflect on through um, Tuesday of Holy Week. And so I've just really just been trying to dive into scripture mainly. Um Moving on to kind of the next question is, what are you guys doing for Easter? I kind of want to see how, if you guys are being creative, uh, maybe, you know, by you sharing your experiences, um, the listener can, you know, gather their own um, creativity and find something awesome to do this Easter. So, Kylie, you want to start us off and tell us what you're doing for Easter? <laughs> yes, I would love to share if I knew. Um, I've been throwing some ideas out to my parents because right now I'm home with my family and um, I'm wanting to um, attend uh, mass with everyone in the morning, of course, and then uh, on virtually, you know. Um, and then I'm hoping that we can do something as a family throughout the day. I live on a, well, I've said this probably countless amount of times, you know, I'm sick of it. Uh, I live on a ranch. And so um, I'm hoping that we can do some outside activities with each other. And then I think we're going to barbecue in the evening, which I'm really excited about because that is, that's really fun. And so, yeah, it's going to be pretty quiet, which um, it's going to be hard for a little while, but I think also um, we can sometimes get so stressed out by, um, pro, you know, um, hosting parties or um, making food and everything, which I find so much joy in, but I know a lot of people can get uh, anxious about that and nervous and just stressed about all of the all of the party aspects of Easter. So I think it's going to be really nice to just um, go back to the basics, spending time with the family that you live with, um, calling your other family that you don't live with, and just being able to spend this day with your family and Christ as well. So, so yeah, I'm excited to just kind of re relax and um, spend the day with my family. What about you, Nacho? So, um, I've been trying to get creative with my family throughout this whole time to kind of see, because I'm going home um, tomorrow, which is Wednesday, but I'm going home to celebrate the Triduum with them and stay there till about August. But yeah, I'm really excited to celebrate the Triduum with them because I haven't celebrated Easter Sunday or even any of the Holy Week um, stuff with them in almost, I would say, three years, which is a little bit weird just because you're used to being around family throughout this whole time. But I, since I go to college about eight hours away, I normally don't get the luxury of being able to go. Um, and celebrate Easter with them. So this is the first time in three years that I can celebrate Easter with them. And it's going to be very, um, as Kylie said, back to the basic. And it's going to be 
us trying to get creative. So I'm really excited. And so I texted my mom. I was like, hey, so what are we doing for Easter? And she said, oh, we'll all start with like mass in the morning. And then we'll have like a cookout, just us five together. And then normally she's like, um, I don't play sports. So like, it's probably just going to be you, your brother, your sister, and your dad all playing sports together. And then she's like, board games. So bring your money. I don't know exactly what that constitutes, but she basically just told me to bring my money for board games. Um, whatever that means. So I'm excited. We'll probably watch a movie as well. So I'm kind of excited just to spend some family time and normally not have to worry about, you know, as Kai said, the whole planning of a party, but just to really just rely on them during Easter and to just really enjoy the crucifixion as it was meant to be as basic as possible. But what about you, Monse? Um, well, we have like little things planned for every day of the tritium and Thursday, we are going to, like, wash all of our feet, um, like we would in Mass. And then Friday, we are all going at 3 o'clock, um, which is the time that Jesus died, to Oblate, which is, like, a, it's a combination of a lot of things. It's, like, a seminary and a church, and they have, like, a really nice place to sit down outside and stuff. So we're going to go there and all pray together, probably a rosary. Um, Saturday, I'm not quite sure what we're going to do. And then Sunday is going to consist of mass and probably like little activities, um, like kid activities for my little sister to just enjoy her Easter and all of us really in general. Um, and yeah, just to, to celebrate Christ's resurrection um, in the simplicity, as you said, Nacho, that it's supposed to be. What about you? <laughs> That's not good. Hopefully we've... All right. Well, if you missed a bunch of what Monse just said, we apologize. Um, yeah. Uh, so I'm doing a similar thing, uh, with Monse, uh, that's, is doing, I think our family's going to wash our, wash each other's feet on Thursday. We're probably going to be watching services from either Archbishop Gustavo or maybe Bishop Robert Barron. Um, you know, we'll, we'll watch services for each of the days of the Triduum. Um, I think I'm gonna have us go through, and we ha I've got this book of Lenten Gospel Reflections by Bishop Robert Barron that Father Jason gave me, and he gave a lot of other people, and they're very good. And in the back of them, they have uh, Stations of the Cross Reflections, so I was thinking of going through those with my family on Good Friday. And then I don't know uh, our plans on Holy Saturday as well. Um, I was thinking about possibly doing a bit of a technology fast, um, uh, if I can finish my work on time so that I can just, you know, not really have any distractions and just spend the time praying and be with my, being with my family. Uh, and then on Easter morning, I believe, uh, the Easter bunny is going to visit at our house. We don't, the Easter bunny doesn't hide eggs. The Easter Bunny just brings a basket full of treats, usually not even in eggs, but still pretty cool. So, um, so that'll be fun. We'll probably probably be making some good good dinner, or maybe we'll eat 
eat out or something. Um, we've been trying to support local businesses. Um, so we're, we're going to make a, you know, a bit of a party out of it, a celebration. Um, but, you know, just trying to stay intentional during each one of those days will be good. I am looking forward to Easter um, because it'll be the end of Exodus and that uh, Exodus always makes Sundays feel good anyways. Like Sundays feel more important because they're feast days. And so this will feel really good when all of the disciplines are gone and, you know, I can eat what I want when I want without having to take a break or anything and be like, oh, I can't eat between meals. No, I'm going to eat between all the meals. The whole day is going to be a meal. It's going to be one giant feast. Um, so I think that'll help Easter feel really special. Um, but otherwise, I will just be meditating on the different stuff that's going on, trying to stay liturgical, you know. So that's nice. my plan. Yeah, thank you guys for sharing. Um, I hope through your guys' um, accounts of what you guys are going to do and through like the inspiration that you guys provide for, I guess, so many people guys around you. I hope this also provides insight um, and inspiration to the listeners so that they can become creative and look for what um, this Easter season is definitely going to bring to us in an odd time that we're in, in the odd predicament of COVID-19. But going forth, we're going to kind of break down the triton for you um, through our eyes and through what it might look like to a college student and what it means to a college student to celebrate the Triduum. So starting first, Kai is going to give us a little rundown of what Holy Thursday or Monday Thursday is for her and what she has kind of gathered from it. Yes. Um, and first, I hope you don't mind, I'm going to go on a small, small tangent because I'm using my brother's computer to do this today. Um, thank the Lord for him. Um, but it's kind of spazzing out and all of his uh, emails and his um, like assignments are kind of popping up and scrolling on themselves. It looked like a ghost is literally using this computer. But if I make a gasp annoyed, that, that just means it it's messing up. But it's fine. You can still hear me. Um, so, yeah. So Holy Thursday um, for me, I didn't start really getting into that and and start really meditating on the the meaning and the the symbolism and the scripture behind it until my, my college years. And um, honestly, I didn't learn much more about it until even after that. So I just wanted to kind of go and read through um, what it is and all of the components of it. There's actually a lot of things that happen on Holy Thursday that we still um, celebrate and remember today and um, things that we still practice. So what you may know Holy Thursday as is the Last Supper. And this is where Jesus has um, dinner, a big feast with his disciples for the last time um, before his crucifixion. And so this really initiated the sacrament of the Holy Communion when he he broke the bread and um, said, you know, do this in memory of me and same with the wine. And so I really, for this part of Holy Thursday, what I've been really um, med- meditating on is the fact that he knew he um, was going to be betrayed by Judas. He knew this was coming and he he still loved the world so much. He didn't have anger in his heart for this um, to happen. He knew it had to happen for us to be saved. And that immense amount of love has just been kind of over like, showering over me these past few days. Um, just realizing that he knew that the 
the journey he's making and he's doing it for us and for our souls. Um, so that's one thing that I've just been really meditating on. And another thing is um, whenever he, he breaks the bread and uh, gives us the wine, he's saying, this is my body and this is my blood. And this is really the, the kick, the start of uh, why we receive him at communion, um, why we believe and we know that the bread and the wine, the Eucharist that we receive at communion is, is Jesus himself. This is the, the very thing that um, unites us with him. And so um, we, I, me personally, um, it's, it's been a little hard recently knowing that I haven't been receiving him at uh, mass and I won't get to receive him um, this Easter or Holy Thursday or any of those days. And so I think one of the hardest things us as Catholics um, and even Christians, I feel like we can we're, we can feel a little distant right now, knowing that um, we're not able to go and to uh, reunite ourselves with him. Because every time we receive communion, we get to basically say yes again. We say yes to the Lord once again. And just not having that, I think people can can get a little um, down and get a little, um, what's the word? Um, yeah, just sad. And um, it, it's, it's hard. It's a hard time. Um, but another thing um, is on Holy Thursday, after that supper, he uh, he's known to have washed the feet of his disciples. And we see here that... Um, and this is the scripture that is going to be said on um, is said on Holy Thursday. It's about the washing of the feet after dinner uh, or after supper. And um, I just want to read a little bit of what it says. And this is when he's going to Simon Peter and he's going to go wash his feet. And Simon Peter says, Master, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, what I am doing, you do not understand now, but you will understand later. And then, and then Peter said to him, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered and said, unless I wash you, you will have no inheritance with me. And so after that, Simon Peter says, Master, then not only my feet, but my hands and head as well. So it, it looks, um, when he first goes to wash the feet of the disciples, Simon Peter says, why are you washing my feet? I mean, you're you're our Lord, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. And he's doing it as a sign of moment of teaching. He wants, it's a symbol of a uh, renewal, a baptism. It's also a symbol of service to others. And it's another um, symbol of humility. And whenever we, we see this and we read this scripture, he says, you go do this. I've done this to you, now go do it to others. So we just need to serve others. And that's a lot of what this um, scripture is about. And so once he's talked about that with him, um, and Simon Peter says, not only my feet, but my hands and head as well. That means, Lord, just connect me and reunite me with you in any way possible. I want to be with you. I want to uh, serve others the way you've served us. Um, and that just con has continued on throughout the whole world. I mean, every Thursday, um, every Holy Thursday is when this takes place. And that is such a, a, a sign of how strong faith is and how, how true Catholicism is, is 
uh, how long this tradition uh, has lasted. And then um, another um, another point that I was um, reading about whenever I was kind of preparing for um, talking about Holy Thursday was I always remembered that every hour of every day Mass is being celebrated anywhere around the world. Um, and that means Jesus is giving himself to us every hour of every day. And, you know, again, I think like just hearing that and now that we're knowing that masses are going to, are happening virtually is hard to understand sometimes of how, why we can't go and receive him. But I also think there's just an elevated beauty in Jesus opening himself up to the world, having um, the Blessed Sacrament open to us virtually and knowing that we can watch him and we can be with him whenever and wherever. He's just made himself so available for us in our everyday lives. And I think um, when we remember that on Holy Thursday, knowing that Jesus saw his disciples for the last time, he ate with them. Um, that's when we can really understand that slight sadness, yet that un um, unity with the Lord. And so um, I think um, I had a few um, scripture verses and quotes from um, AP2 that I wanted to say really quickly, um, because I think it captures what Holy Thursday is about, and not only Holy Thursday, but the whole Triduum in itself. Um, it captures the meaning, the beauty, and the solemnity that um, we should be reverent during this time and really meditate on Jesus's sacrifice for us. Um, and even being reverent and being um, almost sad in a way lifts us up to being joyful and um, grateful to him. So this is um, John chapter 13, verses three through five. It says, Jesus, knowing that the father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come forth from God and was going back to God, got up from supper and laid aside his garments. And taking a towel, he girded himself. Then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. And so this is basically relating back to the reading. You know, it's all about the service and the humility that Jesus is showing once again to show his love for us and to set an example. And then in the same chapter, verse 14, it says, If I then, the Lord and the teacher, washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. And I think just meditating on this scripture during Holy Thursday is um, one way that we can really dive deep into the meaning behind all of this um, sacrifice that Jesus has uh, done for us. And it also helps us to realize in a way that, yes, we are here to receive Jesus's love, but we're also here to give it and we're here to serve others and serve the Lord, um, no matter if it means washing someone's feet or just opening the door, whatever it may be, we're here for others as well. And then <clears throat> I just want to leave you with a quote from um, uh, St. John Paul II. And he also quotes uh, John chapter 13, but it says, The washing of the feet and the sacrament of the Eucharist, two expressions of one and the same mystery of love entrusted to the disciples, 
so that Jesus says, as I have done, so also must you do. So those are the two, like the washing of the feet and the sacrament of the Eucharist that he gave us both in that moment when the last supper happened and when he washed the disciples' feet. Those are the two biggest, um, well, his crucifixion was the biggest, but one of the two biggest um, acts of love Jesus showed us, and they were examples set for us that we can um, go and share with others. And so for me, whenever I, um, on thir- Holy Thursday, which is going to be today, if you're, if you're listening to it on Thursday, um, I'm going to really um, kind of take time in silence especially reflecting on the readings and um, the scriptures that I just shared with you and see how am I serving others in my life and how can I use this beautiful sacrifice that Jesus gave us to use it to spread his love immensely. Um, So yes, I hope that you're not discouraged that we are not um, with our Uh, extended families today or that we're not um, being able to go to mass. I hope that doesn't discourage you because Jesus is reaching out to us with open arms always. And so even in the, even inside our homes, we can do the same. So um, I hope that was helpful in some way. And um, now we can talk about Good Friday. Yes. Good Friday. Good. (laughs) Why is it good? That's foolish. Jesus died. That's not good. Or is it? What? Anyways. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I guess I'll be talking a little bit about why it's good um, to, to celebrate um, Jesus dying on the cross, you know? Um, so Good Friday, you know, everyone knows is all, is basically celebrating Jesus' passion and death. And it is a very sad day. And that's why we, you know, there's no Eucharist out um, exposed and there's no receiving the Eucharist on Good Friday. So you don't have to be sad that you're not going to receive the Eucharist on Good Friday because you wouldn't anyways. So I guess at least we're not missing out on that. Um, so, yeah, a lot of people wonder why do we call Good Friday good? And, you know, the simple answer is because, you know, Good Friday, That's this is the sacrifice that buys us our freedom. And that is true. And I'm going to, you know, emphasize that a little bit more. I'm going to read some scripture and then explain it. There's a really confusing verse right at the end. So this is Mark's account of the betrayal and arrest of Jesus. So here we go. Then... While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived, accompanied by a crowd with swords and clubs who had come from the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. His betrayer had arranged a signal with them, saying, The man I shall kiss is the one. Arrest him and lead him away securely. He came and immediately went over to him and said, Rabbi, and he kissed him. At this they laid hands on him and arrested him. One of the bystanders drew his sword, struck the high priest's servant, and cut off his ear. Jesus said to him in reply, Have you come out against, uh, as against a robber with swords and clubs to seize me? Day after day I was with you teaching in the temple area, yet you did not arrest me, but that the scriptures may be fulfilled. And here's the, uh, sorry, wait. So then there's, 
and they all left him and fled, they being the disciples. So then there's these two verses right at the end that, you know, on face value don't make a lot of sense. Now a young man followed him wearing nothing but a linen cloth about his body. They seized him, but he left the cloth behind and ran off naked. And that doesn't seem like it makes a lot of coherent sense. You're like, what the heck? They just said that all the disciples left. What do you, why'd you include that, Mark? That doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, I read this a couple days ago and I looked it up and um, basically, so the young man in the story represents a, you, you know, humanity. Um, and let me, I'm going to quickly look it back up just so that I can, that I can cite the source that I got this uh, analysis from, I guess. Uh, so the young man represents humanity and the linen cloth and him running away naked represents his shame. Um, it says, now the young man followed him, following him, you know, that describes the disciples following Jesus. Um, and then ran off and, you know, he left his shame because he ran off naked. You know, he deserted Jesus and that is a shameful thing to do. So the other mention of a linen cloth in Mark's gospel is referring to the burial cloth of Jesus in the tomb after he is killed. And then on the account of Easter Sunday, it says that Mary came to the tomb and was met by a young man in white clothing. And so the young man still represents humanity and the only other mention of white clothing is in the transfiguration um, describing Jesus being in white clothing. So this represents a sort of exchange of clothing, so to speak. So the humanity has this shame and Jesus is covered in glory. And in Good Friday, in Jesus' sacrifice, he exchanges humanity's shame with his glory, giving us glory and taking our shame. And that is a really beautiful thing. And, um, and it's just, you know, a, a very powerful image of Jesus taking on our shame. But the thing is with Good Friday is that Jesus doesn't just take on our shame by saying, okay, I'm going to go die now. Give me your shame. Okay, now I'm dead. He experiences different bits of sin throughout his entire passion and basically reaches the depths of sin in his encounters with Judas um, and, you know, his torture throughout. And that is how he is able to bear the weight of all of our sin. He encounters all of it throughout his, uh, his passion. Some examples of it are when Peter pulls out his sword and cuts off the ear of the servant. That's an example of unnecessary violence, of war, uh, sins of rage and anger. Um, he says, those who live by the sword die by the sword. Uh, in, the, uh, in the betrayal with Judas, you know, there's lying, there's deceit. Um, later on, uh, he also uh, encounters lying and deceit when he's before the Sanhedrin. Then with Peter's denial of Jesus, there is, you know, shame and guilt, um, torture, all these things. He encounters all these different um, sins that sum up the sins of all humanity. 
and he takes all those and he bears them on the cross when no one else is there to console him he doesn't even feel god anymore he simply knows that this must be done he knows that it's god's will and he loves god and he loves humanity so much that he's willing to give up his life and sacrifice himself so that we might not bear this shame this guilt anymore um so i just thought that account of the exchange of of cloths so to speak is a very beautiful uh you know representation of what happens on good friday and why we call it good it's not good because of what happened to jesus it is good because what jesus did to us it's not good because of what we did to jesus it's good because of what jesus gives us through what we did to him so uh that's pretty much all i have to say um yeah okay that is all i have to say i thought maybe something would come up but i think that's it so we will move on to monte oh i was gonna i was gonna tell you what um what site that that whole thing came from give me just a second i was gonna do that and i did not um here we go don't worry it's gonna come quick it was Dallas something. It was some seminary in Dallas. I think my Wi-Fi is is not good enough to look this up in any sort of timely fashion. So if it loads by the time that we're closing out, I'll tell you about it. And until then, we'll move on to Monse and what she has to tell us about the resurrection, the Easter Sunday. Monse? Hello? Monse. Hmm, um, I guess, um, Interesting. as we're waiting for Monse, um, we'll hold off on her part of Easter and I will go forth and just talk about, um, Divine Mercy Sunday, um, which is the Sunday, um, uh, after Easter. And also the Easter octave. And so while we wait for Monza to come back on. So Divine Mercy Sunday, what is that? And what is the Easter octave? Of course, um, an octave can be distinguished as the eight days after Easter. So how we have that octave after Christmas, we also have an octave after Easter. So all of those are intended to be celebrated as solemnities, just as Easter would be. And we have this idea um, during the octave to be able to celebrate Mass in such a pious way to reflect on the mysteries of this resurrection and our own resurrection through the sacrament of baptism. So that's the intended way of having to celebrate um, the mass during this time is to really stress the fact of um, how this resurrection is important. And that's the main thing that we want to do. Um, going on to Divine Mercy Sunday, why is Divine Mercy Sunday um, so significant in our faith? So um, as we know, the Divine Mercy image, or if we don't know, it is an image um, seen by St. Faustina of Kowalska. Uh, who was a nun. And so what happened was she had a very profound vision during her time in the convent. As she was there, she encountered a picture of Jesus looking down on her as she has two rays that are extending down from her, one red and one a bluish color. The red one uh, resembling the blood of Christ and the blue one resembling the water. And on the bottom it says, Jesus, I trust in you, uh, which is essentially almost one of the most famous um, images of Christ that we have to modern day. 
It is so profound, and you're going to see it throughout many different churches uh, during this time. And so it's just very, very moving and very um, just shown in the image of how powerful Christ is. And during this time, um, it was very looked down upon by many churches. It wasn't proven or anything like that. And so we had a hard time just going through it. Even during the time we have St. Faustina Kowalska and her diary being on the forbidden books list for a long time. But then we have St. Pope John Paul II come in and he absolutely falls in love um, with St. Faustina Kowalska's witness towards Christ in this image. And so what he does is the second, the second Sunday of Easter, um, he comes in and he gives a homily. And during this first millennia in 2000, he canonizes St. Faustina of Kowalska and he honors her as he wants to make this new millennia almost a millennia of mercy and provide this image of and this idea of mercy that St. Kowalska uh, passed on to us into the new generation. And so that's an amazing thing that we have. And that's the reason why the second Sunday is called the second Sunday or of Easter, but also Divine Mercy Sunday. And the beautiful thing about this is we have the readings um, that all stress the importance of mercy. And most especially we see it in the gospel. So the gospel of John 20, we have him and Jesus encounters the disciples for the first time after he is crucified and resurrected um, who have not seen him yet. And so we have him and he comes in and in Hebrew, he says, Shalom but which translates to peace be with you, which we're going to see in the readings on that Sunday of Divine Mercy Sunday, which is such a profound and moving four words that we have from him, because this is after all of his disciples have scattered and no one was really there with them. But there we have him saying, peace be with you. And then he goes on to say, receive the Holy Spirit whose sins you forgive are forgiven them and whose sins you retain are retained. So he still has this grand plan for his disciples, uh, regardless of everything that happened. So then it's something to look forward to as okay, we approach Divine Mercy Sunday after the Triduum. Okay. And something to look so, forward to the uh, um, October Easter. Not to stop at Easter with your celebration, but how, to like, continue on, therefore, on Easter has uh, through the October Easter and through the liturgical season and so of Easter. And so growing up, Easter um, really also, was just Divine Mercy Sunday. So that's something to look forward to Easter on bunny, your part. Oh my gosh, uh, but I believe once it's back inside us on what Easter is. And it was like a competition between me and my brother who could collect the most eggs. And then the day before, I would leave like carrots for the easter bunny to eat and then they would be like all chewed up kind of gross but that's okay um and and but as i grew older and my parents just taught me more and more about the true meaning of it i've jesus has really like allowed me to really go about it the way that it's supposed to be and not just all of the commercial ways of like we see Easter of the Easter Bunny and spring, um, maybe like even cute little dresses and confetti mm -hmm. and all this. And I think that this year, especially, um, all of us can reflect on the true meaning of Easter now that a lot of this is taken away. Um, and so kind of without all of that, what is there to focus on um, other than what the world might put out there about Easter? And all that there is to focus on is Jesus's triumph over death and all these signs of love that Jesus has shown us throughout the gospels um, from, from Holy Thursday, Good Friday, um, from washing the feet of his disciples to him dying on the cross for us and now his resurrection. And so this is how he has conquered death victoriously on this day and it's all because of his great love for us and 
through this amazing act that has occurred by the grace of God, it's shown to us how this world isn't all that there is and that the things that we think we might know um, through science or common sense, that that's not all that there is. And because of this known fact that is that is made present to us through Easter, through the resurrection of Christ, um, just to rejoice and be glad because God is up to something way greater than, than we can ever imagine. And so because of this, we don't have to live <clears throat> our days in sorrow or grief or anything because, because of Jesus' resurrection. <clears throat> and because of this, we can see life as something more, <clears throat> um, more splendid. And, and this is waiting to be in the glory of heaven for all of us. So what I'm trying to say is to be joyful today, tomorrow, and every day because Jesus has already conquered death and, and for the love of us and to cure us from our unbelief too. So <clears throat> I'm going to take a swig of my water because I don't know why my voice is so raspy. Okay, so something that... <clears throat> Um, Bishop Robert Barron said in one of his videos about where he explains Easter that I thought was really beautiful was that <clears throat> if this story was to be told from a writer that writes fiction, it would go something like this. So there was a wonderful man, a really awesome, good man, full of humility, full of goodness, who was betrayed by his followers. And he died a terrible death because of it. And now he's back from the dead and he visits his followers. So kind of with the storyline, what would you expect, right? In the story, you would expect vengeance and violence because he's back and his followers did betray him. But instead, Jesus comes back and shows him his shows his followers his wounds and he says to them shalom like nacho said which is peace be with you and so what does this mean like what does this story become and it really is just an overturning of instead of answering with violence and and aggression it's love and forgiveness and divine mercy and so Jesus was sent to rescue us, and his resurrection shows how God doesn't give up on his creation, but instead he, he lifts us up. He lifts his creation up. And that's why Easter is such a big sign of hope for, for us, because, because God never turned away from us, and instead he, he lifts us up to himself. Um... So just this Easter, I think it's just so important to really reflect on why there's so much hope and there's so much joy and gladness um, because of this resurrection. And I just wanted to leave y'all with a little quote from St. Augustine. And he says, And he departed from our spirit that we might return to our hearts and find him there. For he left us, and behold, he is here. 
And I think this quote just sums up so beautifully how Christ's resurrection does show how present he is in our hearts and how this Easter, it's important to reflect on, even though we might not physically see Jesus um, and not go get to go to mass or adoration to be able to be in the presence of Christ. We are still in the presence of Christ always because he is in our hearts and we're always going to find him there. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's what I had to say. Awesome. Yeah, thank you guys all for, um, you know, giving some light on the subject that maybe some people only go through um, kind of just very, like, emotionless kind of action where they don't really, they're not really intentional throughout this whole process, or they might not know why they should be so intentional on certain days. For example, maybe not giving as much attention to Holy Thursday as they might to Easter or Good Friday. So I'm glad you guys were able to um, gather up some knowledge and be of insight to some of the people um, listening to this podcast. But overall, that's all we have for you for this episode. Um, I'll let Thomas close us out. Yeah. Thank you guys all for listening. Hope you have a great Holy Week. I'm sorry if there's any technical difficulties with throwing together recordings or if there's like background noise or something. Whatever. Um, You know, we're making it work with what we've got. Hopefully, you are feeling somewhat encouraged uh, throughout, you know, the last part of Lent and also through, um, you know, quarantine, if you're going through that. Um, so with that, all I have to say is have a great week and God bless.